0: going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Call-Up, presented by Triple Play Fantasy. Another week, another great guest, and another fun jam-packed show for you guys. Of course, you guys know we're joined by, of course, the co-host Michael Richards, a.k.a. Vinny, on down on the farm, and our special guest who we'll get to in a second. Mike, how are you doing?
1: It's going good, Mendy. Uh, been enjoying the weather, watching the LE show as much as possible. Looking forward to the All-Star break, MLB draft coming up soon. Also excited for our guest this week. You know, I've had the opportunity to compete against him in a couple leagues. Really outstanding player. One of the best dynasty minds I've come across. So I'm excited to hear his thoughts today. How's it going, Vinny? It's
2: doing good. We have an action-packed weekend coming up. We have the Under Under Armour All-American game. We have the Futures game. Sunday, we have the draft. And then Monday, Tuesday, All-Star festivities. So baseball fans, this is like the five-day stretch of the year besides the World Series.
0: It is truly awesome. It's Great time for any baseball fan, whether you're a fan of minor league baseball, major league baseball, any type of baseball. uh, It's definitely one of the best weekends or five day stretches of the year. But without further ado, we got to get to our special guest. This is a man that you can find. uh, He's anywhere. I feel like prospect wise, analyst wise, you can find him on Razzball. To be honest with you guys, I'm meeting him for the first time tonight. I'm already genuinely impressed. Not just with, obviously, his prospect knowledge, but just the man he is. He's a dad. And again, uh, you can find a lot of his stuff over at Razball. It is, you might see him on Twitter as The Prospect Itch, but on here, we'll call him that, and we'll call him Nick. Nick, how's it going, my friend?
3: Doing good. As as I was saying, I had five straight hours of playtime with my daughter today, so I feel, I don't know, it it, uh, takes energy and gives energy back at the same time, and uh as you were, as we were talking about these next few days i was remembering early on when they did the futures game and the draft on the same day and it was like pretty clearly a home run like from your couch like wow this is a really good idea and all of the baseball writers were complaining because they had to try to get across a city at midday and it's like <laughs> welcome to everyone else's life like i don't know it just struck me as funny as this baseball catches a lot of heat for making bad decisions marketing wise and whatnot. And it's like futures game on the, in the draft, same day. That's really good stuff. I mean, that was a smart move and they, they, they blew up the futures game across time as interest increased in it. Like they didn't mm-hmm. ignore it. And I don't know. It just, just struck me as funny. Like the, all we heard mostly were complaints about, <laughs> about travel <laughs> in a city. <laughs> they, tough,
0: <laughs> they finally feel like they they somewhat got it right now uh, i do want to real quick before we dive in ask you a little bit about yourself and tell us what you do over at rasball so that people can come find your work
3: um i basically run the prospect side at rasball and i post twice a week i post wednesday uh at noon pacific so to where i'm at and uh do the leadoff spot on sunday overnight and a lot of my Sundays are stash lists for redraft. But I try to keep a beat on pretty much everything. And like, what, one of the things I really pride myself on is finding a way to navigate it so that the people who read my stuff get paid back in the mm-hmm. time like pretty quickly. Like I can go pick somebody up in whatever league size I have. I have something actionable from this eight minutes of reading or whatever it is. And so it's like, it's a fun challenge because as you know, like you could be in any number of different shape leagues. Like I'm in so many different kinds of leagues, but it helps me to like think about it in a lot of ways. So I, you know, I like to push the stash list because it's like everybody plays in a league where they could use some help next month, but also it's I can kind of just zero in on what I'm interested in this week.
0: Yeah. It's a big deal, honestly. Like uh, you read a lot of, you know, free agent articles and a lot of them, I feel like are, it's almost like for 10 team leagues. Cause I'll see who, who they're suggesting to pick up and I'll like, they've been picked up two or three weeks ago. Uh, you know, it's, it's not stuff that you can like, use it actionable advice. And if you're, helping out different formats, different league sizes. And uh, really, every time I look at your article, I'm able to find somebody hopefully that's out there or you know maybe if they're not, at least they were just picked up. So I know that there's a chance that I can find somebody each week. Um, that's definitely a huge deal because I think fantasy baseball, more than any other sport, is the biggest grind. You, day by day, you're digging up news. You're looking at guys getting called up. You're looking at lineups. You're looking at uh, you know platoon splits. It's, it's just so much you have to keep up with And if somebody can write something each week that gives you actionable advice on on players to pick up uh, and and ways to kind of give you an edge, it's a big deal. So I'm going to have you plug that again at the end just so our listeners can make sure they can go find that. Um, But we are very excited to have your prospect knowledge here tonight as we get into the meat and potatoes of the show. And we start talking about our players of the week, players that caught our eye we feel deserve to be shouted out to begin the show here Nick, let's talk about your first player here. And sometimes it's the first time I see names on this list. This is an example of somebody here Abimelech Ortiz of the Texas Rangers, first base prospect, 21 years of age, split between two levels so far in 2023. He's got a 323 or 325 batting average, 403 OBP, and 655 slug with 18 home runs. He's also got a 339 ISO and a very manageable 12 or 26.1% K rate. Not horrible uh but there's a lot to like here talk to us about him
3: i like the image it's here because it's just all hips like this (laughs) this is a man who doesn't have to do much to send the ball a long way and he's um six even might be listed at six one and so there's a little bit of he he I don't think you have to rush out and pick him up because he might always be free because he's never going to steal bases and he's, a, he's first base DH only. Kind of depends on the size, league as always. I went and got him in my leagues because I, I feel like it's better safe than sorry. When Because he's just, um, he's kind of unstoppable right now. It feels like they already need to push him to double A. Um, he's got 11 homers and 29. Yeah, 11 homers in 29 games in high A. And, um, he had like the last three games have not been huge for him, but I mean, it's just, uh, he's been hot pretty much all year and it feels like he's already ready for the next level.
0: Is he strictly a first baseman? Can he move around anywhere? I I just, the top of my head, I know Nate Lowe is already there, um, at first base for the Rangers and he seems like he, at least last year and, and parts of this year, it seemed like he could have be a foundational piece for them is he a first base DH can he play anywhere else and uh what do you expect from him in terms of position
3: I wouldn't put him anywhere else um so that could be a problem I mean we'll see I mean if he just keeps smashing then then that usually they'll find a spot I I sort of think in the DH everywhere paradigm we're still kind of underrating corner only bats um well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm still kind of underrating corner-only bats, and I'm trying to navigate it, because there's a, a fail-safe on all all the mm-hmm. rosters. So, I don't know. I, I don't think he could fake left field in a real way.
0: Okay. Abby Malek Ortiz of the Texas Rangers. Let's talk about a name that many might be familiar with. Uh, Jackson Merrill. Actually saw him play at the Arizona folly at first pitch Arizona actually funny story about him that I'll, I'll tell you in a second, but he's a shortstop prospect for the Padres, one of the better or one of the, the uh, higher end prospects in baseball right now in high a ball right now at 20 years of age past week, 26 plate appearances hit 423 during that time with three home runs and on the season, a very respectable 276 batting average with 10 homers and 10 steals. Uh walk rate could be a little bit better of any, but, this kid has a lot of tools to be a very special ball player.
2: Yeah. Jackson Merrill is the perfect example this year for, Hey, let's sit back and wait and not judge too early with guys in the Midwest league. Like coming into June, he was batting sub 230. And now as it starts to heat up, we're seeing the average start to rise. We're starting to see the slug start to rise. So, you know, Midwest league guys, if they start off slow, we just got to give them, you know, a little, Little time, but Merrill. I was surprised because I haven't really been following Merrill that much this year. He's already at 10 home runs. He's one of these guys that, if you look around, different publications, different places give him different, you know, different power numbers. Like, I'd anywhere from like I've seen a 55 down to a 45. I think we might be seeing Jackson Merrill starting to tap into some power here because last year he finished the year. Uh, Like 275 plate appearances only had six home runs. We're almost, you know, 30 plate appearances more than last year. And we're at 10 home runs. There's still a lot of baseball left too. So we could potentially see Jackson Merrill get to, you know, anywhere from He might even hit 20 home runs this year. And if we see Jackson Merrill hit 20 home runs this year, I think we see him. I, I know it's weird to say and hard to say, but I think we see him jump up prospect, prospect lists even higher because he has the potential to end the year as a 2020 guy. Like I said, the average is starting to climb. It has climbed very well in the past two weeks. Like, he has been hitting the ball crazy over there in Fort Wayne. And, you know, the walk rate, I'm not too concerned about it yet. He's been very consistent, keeping it in, you know, the mid 5, 6. This, the K rate is down under 20, which I like a lot. The ISO is actually starting to pop up again. But yeah, like Merrill, all around. Like I know people had questions, like the power. When is the power coming? I think we're starting to see it. And if that's the case, I think we're gonna see. We're gonna see him fly up some boards. If if he ends the year with more than twenty home runs, I think we might see him jump into the teens, maybe the twenties for prospect lists. But I would I would go and trying to acquire him in dynasty because I feel like there's still there is still hype in that in, in Jackson Merrill, and there's still a lot you can sell on.
0: Yeah. It was a funny story. When I was at, at F Paz. he, uh, he was going up to bat and he was the burger King, like Whopper player of the night or something like that. And what it meant is if he got a double that everybody in the stands would get a, uh, would get a free burger. It was like something like that. So when he was up to the plate, everybody would cheer and be like, get a double. And he said something like, he's like, it costs like $5 for a burger. He's like, stop putting pressure on me. (laughs) Like all in like good fun. Like he was laughing with him about it. But uh, he was like, obviously in like those types of environments, it's you can hear the players and the players can hear you. Uh, So it was was really cool. But uh, I'm definitely a Jackson Merrill fan after that. And definitely a lot of promise with him. So uh, Jackson Merrill, definitely somebody that uh, there are some really bright days ahead for him. Let's go to... Uh, let's go to Mike's first player here, Everson Pereira of the New York Yankees, 22 years of age. Split so between double A AA and triple A this season. A 299, 369, 557 slash line with 11 homers and 36 RBIs. Also, have seven steals to go along with that. Um, the Yankees definitely have some question marks. They have some outfield problems right now. Uh, you know, Aaron Hicks is now reborn in Baltimore, and things are looking kind of weird with the Yankees. Uh, so why don't you talk to us about him, Mike?
1: Yeah, this is a player I've had in my hand for a couple of years now. He was recently promoted to AAA, so it feels like a good time to revisit him. Over the last ten days, he's got an OPS over twelve hundred with four homers, and you know, like I said recently, I promoted. He's only he's only played a couple games there so far, so it's just it's tough to make any assessments about that about his time there. But he hit two ninety one in AA with ten homers and seven steals, a one forty three WRC From a scouting perspective. He's listed with a below average hit tool plus raw power and above average speed. So, you know, it's pretty clear he's got fantasy appeal if the hit tool cooperates. Last season he hit 277 with 14 homers and 21 steals. He got particularly hot down the stretch hitting 310 with 12 homers and 9 steals in the final 52 games. You know, some players are more difficult to analyze, but this one's pretty straightforward. If he can keep his K percentage in check at the highest level, he possesses big time raw power and should chip in some steals, particularly early in his career. I do think he projects to slow down a, a bit as he matures, likely settles in with average speed. As for his like a dynasty appeal, I've I've gotten the sense that people are torn on him. Some rankings have him listed inside the top fifty already. Others seem more concerned with the swing and miss in his game, and I see the logic from both sides of the argument. So I'd probably fall somewhere in the middle. I can't knock anyone for being weary of a near thirty percent K rate, but I also think his other tools make him a notable despite that. So. Bottom line, I think the Yankees are a mess on offense. I'll actually be bringing up another player in the organization later. Prayer isn't a perfect prospect, but the power potential, solid speed should make him a regular in fantasy lineups down the line. The risk is is where does the batting average fall And But I do think he's got enough upside to eventually take over an outfield spot for the Yankees, likely mid-season next year. If he continues to develop his bat, I could see him settling as like a middle-of-the-order run producer, pushes 30 home runs and 10 or 15 steals. So definitely worth monitoring, particularly since he's already on the 40 man roster and only one step away from the big leagues. Everson Pereira of the New York Yankees.
0: Let's talk some pitching Mason black of the San Francisco giants right now in double a 23 years of age, 59 innings on the season with 74 strikeouts and a three, six, six ERA and a 31.2% K rate. Those are some good numbers there, Nick Mason. I mean, the giants, have some nice pitching coming up I know Cal Harrison is still there. Hopefully he'll debut at some point uh, down the road. Mason Black's another guy here. Tell us for those that might not have heard of Mason Black, what does his arsenal look like and what kind of upside can we project from him?
3: So he's a guy who's coming on right now. And I was, um, I was recommending Bluey to, uh, to you earlier as a father-to-be and I I don't know how much to say but this is kind of like Bluey and it's a cartoon on Disney that you have to see it to believe it (laughs) like Mason Black if you look around you're not going to find I was sort of scrubbing today looking for somebody to say anything else about Mason Black but um, I just had to watch him a bunch because I I didn't see a whole lot um, from like the public facing you know, most popularly used prospect sources about him. But uh, he jumped up by allowing zero earned runs in his last 23.1 innings pitched. He threw five no-hit innings against A reading his last time out. And I went and watched that start and then watched a few on the way back. And I hadn't seen him before or I forgot, but it's this whippy, you imagine Logan Webb, um logan webb has sync with his whippy low three quarter really hard to pick up from the right side delivery and black has pretty clearly either the giants identified that they could do that with him or um that he was already doing that or they they, they've been doing this with trevor gott too i don't know if you remember trevor gott they sort of rearranged him so that he was doing this low three-quarter whippy so he's this whippy 96 And righties just don't see him. Like, I saw these just awful swings from the double A reading lineup with this sweeper um, that he seems to be able to manipulate to be more of a downward breaking ball or more of an across breaking ball at about 85. And so he's throwing 96 with ride, like Logan Webb has sink. I just, you don't see many low three quarter 96 with that kind of ride. And it has some Joe Ryan characteristics that way too, where he started throwing this invisible um, and, and just cutting people up. And uh, yeah, I, I wish I'd gone and It's one of those things like uh, the grind of it we were talking about earlier. Like I wish I'd taken the time to go watch him a little bit earlier because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in love with him now as I've went and watched him. He does need that change up to come along. And it's hard to sort of, I think it's harder to manipulate a change up when you're low three quarters like that. Um, but he's, he needs to be moved up a level pretty quick here. I'd take him over Kyle Harrison in a heartbeat.
0: Oh, okay.
3: That's just doesn't have command. I mean, for, I mean, I'm lower on Kyle Harrison than most, but like just when you said his name, I was thinking, yeah, if I were ranking the giants top 10 right now, I'd put him over Harrison.
0: Would you put him over Carson Wisenhunt as well? I really like Hunt, but I'd put him over Hunt. yeah. And then another one I see that's near in that range, Reggie Crawford.
3: Yeah, I'd put him over Crawford.
0: So Uh, you missed the number one pitcher in their organization?
3: I I think so. I guess if those are the, uh, I can't think of anyone else. You know, but I just watched him today. So I just went and watched some stuff today. (laughs) And so I'm obviously coming off that. Yeah. I I didn't expect him to have that kind of 96 ride invisible effect paired with, it's like two of the things that have dominated now generation pitching that low arm slot ride and that nasty sweeper. Um, what's good right. to me.
0: All right. Well, if you're listening and Mason black, obviously he's going to be rostered in dynasty leagues, but, people might not value him the way that Nick is talking about it. So maybe you can get him a little bit cheaper right now before he starts coming up prospect ranks now. So if you're buying what Nick is selling, which definitely sounds like you should Mason black is definitely a name to try to go out there and try to acquire immediately. Vinny let's talk about your next player here. And that's going to be Colton Gordon of the uh, Houston Astros, a lefty in the organization in double a right now. Uh, five innings over the last week with a one five nine ERA and nine Ks on the season a three five two ERA over seventy one point two innings with eighty eight strikeouts a one thirteen WHIP and an eleven point zero six K per nine. So uh, you have me a left handed pitcher that has good strikeout stuff, but Colton Gordon of the Astros is there. Uh, I'm going to ask this question for the first time tonight could he is there a chance he could debut this season in your eyes and also talk to me about what's his arsenal look like
2: um i don't think he i don't think he debuts this year just because the walk rate's very high but colton gordon you know he's starting to gain traction he was a uh pick in 2021 uh had tommy john did not pitch until last year and really broke out last year at uh like high uh, low a for uh, Houston then made the quick jump to high, a, but we're talking 51 innings last year with 88 strikeouts and, and a 12, you know, almost 13 K
3: nine,
2: you know, you could say he was old for the level, but just watching how he pitches his windup, his arm angle, very deceptive. I mean, I'm not going to go and say Chris sale. Just because I, after last week, our little Chris sale after the show, not saying he's Chris sale because I want him to succeed. That was
3: hilarious, by the way.
2: <laughs> but just watching him is, it's very interesting. Like he's like a, he's almost like a uh, more dangerous version of uh, Chris Bubich. Like the fastball sits anywhere from like 90 to 92. Uh, all of his off speed tops out around 85, but there's a ton of tumble. Uh, he he has four pitches. I would say three of them are serviceable. I'd go fastball, curveball, slider. His changeup still needs some work, but he has like one of the best control. Like he, he his control is phenomenal and makes all of his pitches play up with that arm angle. But yeah, he's you know, he got run last year at the Arizona Fall League. That's where I really started digging into him. Uh, then he pitched for uh, Israel in the World Baseball Classic. Didn't do too hot, but he's off to a pretty hot start in A this year. The walks are a little scary. They're up. He's a uh, 314 uh, walk to nine, but his left on base is still, you know, above 70. He's limiting contact for his fly ball rates under 40. His ground ball rates above 40. His line drive rates at 20. Like he is stopping hard contact. And this is a guy we've seen the we've seen the Astros do this before with, you know, no name pitchers. And then they absolutely refine their arsenal and then they start succeeding. This is a guy that I would target. He's I don't know now, but I remember going into the year. I think he was at a zero percent rostered on Fantrax. But this is a guy if you need semi quick pitching. I would stash him because upside is probably a three, four but if he if he doesn't succeed as a starter he is going to be a nasty reliever with his arsenal.
0: Right, Colton Cowser of the Houston Astros, somebody that whether he's a back end starter or a nasty reliever has a bright future ahead at the major league level in the coming years. A name that if you're watching this show you probably have definitely heard of. Tink Hence of the St. Louis Cardinals, righty in their organization, split time between high and high A and double A this season. Forty-six point two innings, fifty-one strikeouts, a two seventy ERA, one fourteen WHIP, twenty-seven point two percent K rate, uh, and a twenty point one K to walk percentage overall. Uh, Tenkans, I know, I think we all know he's going to be a stud, um, you know, for years to come here. But it seems like he's really producing in the minor leagues levels this year. And, and I know last year we talked about him. Last year he's just very young and he has to kind of find it a little bit. But he's he's really finding it in a big way and. The Cardinals need pitching bad, so they need this kid to continue to develop here, Mike.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've been waiting all year to talk about Tenkens. He he never really jumped off the page any particular week, so this is more about the overall season and my long term belief in him. You know, people that follow prospects, like you said, remember him from his outstanding stats last year in, in Low A as a teenager. He had a one three eight ERA with o eight eight WHIP, thirty three point eight K minus walk percentage in fifty two innings he also threw 8.1 innings in the Arizona Fall League and looked like the best pitcher at the event so i haven't seen as much excitement about him this season it seems like maybe he's gotten lost in the shuffle a bit not not forgotten but just set aside while other pitchers emerge and i could be misreading the situation but anytime there's a high end prospect not getting a bunch of hype that feels like a good time to you know strike in a trade besides he was recently promoted to double a as a 20 year old and looked good in his first start so if there is a by low window, it's it's not going to stay open long. Scouting grades wise, he's listed with a double plus fastball plus curve, above average change, average slider with fringe average command. I'll start by saying I disagree with that command grade. Hence has never walked more than 2.6 per nine at any level since debuting a full season ball. He's got three above average to double plus pitches. His mid 90s fastball has really good movement and I suspect more velocities on the horizon. He's got a very smooth athletic delivery and and considering his age is probably just scratching the surface of his potential. If I am correct about his command and it's adjusted to like above average, for example, there just won't be many pitchers in the minors with this combination going for them. He is a little undersized at 6'1, 170, but I don't think that's going to be an issue long-term. I'm as high on Hence as any list you'll find possibly higher. I think there's a real chance. He's the number one pitching prospect a year from now. I would be making every reasonable effort to get him on my teams and, you still need to show patience, but he won't really be available later if what I'm suggesting occurs. Even if he doesn't reach number one, I still see him as a premium pitcher long term. And I think he's an option for the Cardinals by midseason next year, assuming everything continues along this path. Ultimately, if he can avoid major injuries, I think he's a future top of the rotation arm.
0: Yeah, uh, really excited about his future. And again, like we uh, we mentioned earlier, the Cardinals do need pitching and right now he's producing. So, uh, this is somebody that I I don't, I'm not knowledgeable enough to say usually if the Cardinals are aggressive with their prospects, but, um, someone I definitely think that they should take a look at maybe down the road this season, especially if they're trying to chase for a playoff spot. Cause you know, in the news right now, they're talking about finally willing to listen to their position players, uh, being moved for some pitching, which I feel like they'd been very hesitant on for a long time. So, I think Kent's definitely somebody in the organization that definitely needs his skill set, and he's producing as you can see on the screen. Just his his numbers definitely show that he um, is very talented and somebody that should be producing at the big league level sooner rather than later. Let's talk about some notable promotions. Players that were promoted since our last episode: Colton Cowser. Finally, finally, after weeks of being on this show finally gets the call for the Baltimore Orioles and picks up a hit in his debut. Also has one of his outs. I think I believe it was 113 mile per hour exit velocity. So he hit the ball hard, had a hit in his debut against the lefty MA ad as well. Um, so great debut from Kowser. Oscar Colos is now back for the Chicago white Sox after a disappointing initial audition with the club was really producing down in triple a and now he's going to get his shot to be able to play more every day with the Chicago White Sox. And then Daniel Palencia of the Chicago Cubs, also a righty, is also debuting as or got the call as well uh, and is now with the Chicago Cubs. Let's talk at our prospect watch, players in the lower levels of the minors that we're going to be keeping an eye on. And kicking things off here, Nick, with Sebastian Walcott of the Texas Rangers, And he's a shortstop prospect right now, not even in necessarily even an A-ball. And it's, again, 17 years of age, so he's incredibly young. 73 plate appearances so far this season with four homers, five steals, 21.9% K rate, and a three forty-eight ISO. That 15.1% walk rate definitely stands out to me. Someone with a, a good eye at the plate and a pretty decent batting line as well. So the Texas Rangers making their second appearance on the rundown tonight. What should we know about Sebastian Walcott?
3: I would uh, check all your leagues for him now. Maybe even pause the thing. I don't know. Maybe do two things at once. You can probably manage it. <laughs> but Fantrax did do the update a while back. I don't know if you know how to just play or search across leagues anymore. Walcott, I, I was trying to figure out in preparation for this where he would go in the draft this week. And I think he'd be top five pretty easily. Um like I'm trying to figure out, you wouldn't take him over Cruz, probably Dylan Cruz is a pretty easy 1-1, but I would be curious to see if Walcott could go 1-1 over Cruz or how that would be managed. Um, He's got four homers in just seven games on the complex league at at 17, two steals at 933 slugging percentage. Um, He's just what they look like. Like um, he's what 1-1 prospects look like. Somebody wrote an article um, for maybe Prospects Live. I can't remember. Man, I should have wrote this down in prep about like anatomy of a 1-1 or something like that of a top overall prospect. And um, Ethan Salas has been picking it up a bit lately and Felon and Celestine has has been hurt. But Walcott seems to be to me like the pretty clear fantasy 1-1 out of that j2 class and uh somebody I, i'm gonna reshuffle my top 100 this week and he'll be a top 25 prospect i'm pretty sure
0: yeah he um i am curious is what is do you have a player comp for him is he somebody that you like i know it's really early on but just like with his skill sets is there a player that jumps out to you for those like myself that have not watched any film on him or not familiar with him of what kind of player we could see maybe when he's on the field what we can kind of imagine he'll be like
3: well he's right right but ellie comes to mind like in terms of i mean it's hard to comps like, i don't really think in comps but like this is a grown human being next to people who don't uh, look like him like he, his comparison to the other players in the field he is to the competition around him as ellie de la cruz has been to the competition around him and, and Oniel Cruz before him. And he's, I believe he's six, four now listed at six, four now, and he's 17. So who's to say that's over with. Um, he's just really put together for a tall, lanky, like a NBA wing type athlete.
0: Yeah, it definitely. Somebody else. I'm going to be um, looking at it, See if I can watch some YouTube or some film on him after we're done, just to uh, see him a little bit in action. That's Sebastian Walcott of the Texas Rangers. Our next player here, and Vinny's player here on this section, is going to be Brainer Banassi. Uh, definitely definitely has never read that name on the show before. Uh, Bonacci, I'm going to guess it's say infielder for the Boston Red Sox. In high A ball so far this season at 20 years of age. 315 batting average, 7 homers and 6 steals. 9.5% walk rate with a 210 iso. I know I might probably butchered his name here, Vinny, but does that taken away from the awesome production he's shown so far in high A this season?
2: Yeah, Bonacci's been with the Red Sox for a while now. He was signed uh, back in 2018 at age 16. Uh, he didn't make his affiliated debut until 2021. You know, Had a slow season there. Had an okay season last year, but he's really starting to pick it up. He got a promotion this year from repeating low A to advanced A. And he has been hot this year. Uh, someone that uh, one of the one of my followers in my Discord, we were talking about him this year because he is a uh, he was a Greenville Drive uh, season ticket holder, which is one of the Red Sox uh, uh, Meyer league affiliates. And he said he was more impressed this year with Bonacci over you know Marcella Meyer. Like he he used to watch both of them play side to side. And he's taken off. I remember looking into him for first-year player drafts a couple of years ago, and he had like questionable tools, questionable body. They just didn't know how it was going to translate. You know, the question marks they really showed very early. Like the strike, the his strike percentage was you know mid twenties. His ISO was you know borderline hundred, but it he's started to bulk up now. He's starting to make very hard contact. And he's now really starting to learn how to be more patient at the plate, you know, pitch recognition. And it looks like he might have some sneaky pop there. Cause if you look around, some, you know, some of the places give him like 35, 40 borderline power. We're at, you know, borderline 200 plate appearances. We're at seven home runs right now. You know, that could be, you know, park, you know, the parks he's in. It could have been a windy day, but. Watching some of the footage of him is pretty mind boggling how hard he hits the ball. He's a nice left handed swing, you know, just absolutely barrels baseballs to gaps, too. My biggest question with him is where he ends up defensively. He could be a shortstop, but I don't think he has the arm. Well, he has the arm to be there. I don't know if he just fundamentally, feet wise, has it to be there. He could be a very good third baseman, but more than likely, he'll probably end up at second base. But yeah, this is a guy that I think we're starting to we're starting to rethink our evaluations on him because he's barreling baseballs and he's being very good defensively too. You know, if the steals come around too, he might you know he might be someone to start targeting. But I he's one of those guys that I would keep an eye on, not to go rush to add him in dynasty. But if he gets a bump here to double A pretty soon, I think he might be worth a stash.
0: Rainer Bonacci of the Boston Red Sox. I was on mute and didn't realize it, Uh, but someone to keep an eye on for sure. Last player in this section, Ricardo Cabrera of the Cincinnati Reds. I knew we couldn't go through an entire show without mentioning a Cincinnati Red with how much talent they have. 18 years of age in the complex league, 397, 532, 616 batting line and 94 plate appearances, two home runs and 10 steals, a 17% walk rate to 16% strikeout rate. Uh, I don't remember him being mentioned on this show either the, of this, well, again, with so many Cincinnati Reds mentioned, I definitely could have missed him for sure, but he's somebody that definitely looks like he has a great skill set here, Mike. And so another, again, awesome player in this organization.
1: Yeah. It feels like every week when I go digging for the lower level talent in the section, I emerge with another Reds player. And I know it's been said on the show and others, but we should appreciate the amount of high level talent churning through that system. Like it. It wasn't that long ago. They were basically a mess on the major league side and with minimal appeal in their farm system. So they've really taken a step forward and it's exciting watching this unfold around a generational talent like Ellie De La Cruz. So Cabrera caught my attention the same way in typical fashion. I was filtering through various stats on FanGraphs, and he jumped out to me even compared to his peers. I'll start by saying he was originally a high profile J15 signing January of 2022 I remember digging through that class for an article and I believe I had him ranked number four. I can't remember who he's behind, but so he's not appearing out of nowhere, but last season, I think things went a little off the rails after signing he hit 253 with one Homer and a 22% K rate in a hitter friendly DSL. Essentially he went from a high profile international signing to someone being considered overrated in a span of 12 or nine months. But fast forward to this season and he's showing the early signs that he's taken a massive step forward and, Scouting grades wise, he's listed with an average hit tool, average power and average speed. Clearly those were impacted by the lack of success in the DSL. The way he's playing right now, I see them being readjusted to something much more appealing. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but you know, this is kind of like a perfect storm as far as discovering underrated talent. The the Reds gave Cabrera the biggest international signing bonus in team history. He underwhelmed in his first pro stop. Then he gets thrown back on the pile with everyone else that needs to prove themselves. But he has the pedigree plays a premium position defensively and is a standout offensively at the complex level, all while flying under the radar still. And overall, he's still a long ways off from making an impact in the upper levels, but this is another young player. I'd stash in deeper dynasty leagues. If, if he's hitting like this next season A ball. there's going to be a lot more eyes on him and he's playing good enough to get promoted there this year, so, to be honest. And now is the time to get him for cheap or free. Like when you have pedigree matching up with the stats, it's only a matter of time until it starts gaining more traction And outside of the over the fence pop, he only has two home runs, but he does have a 200 plus ISO Cabrera's checking every box I look for. Statistically, it's, it's just a relatively small sample size at a low level, but definitely watch list material.
0: And again, like you mentioned, Mike, maybe this is one of the better times to get in on him now, because this could be somebody that's picking up a lot of steam as the, the weeks and months come along here and he continues to produce. So now's a great time to try to go acquire Ricardo Cabrera. Our last section, who's next players that we feel are on the verge of call up a name. I think he's been in this section once before, and he's definitely been mentioned across the Twitter sphere a bunch. And that's Colt Keith of the Detroit Tigers, the third base slash second base prospect. And between two levels in double A and triple A so far this season, a 336, 402, 598 line and 306 plate appearances, 16 home runs, only three steals, but everything else. Here, Nick, it just looks beautiful. And it just definitely does feel like any day now that the Tigers could bring him up because uh, they do not have great hitting. And Colt Keith is a pretty good hitter.
3: Yeah. Uh, and he, I don't think he's made an out yet in AAA. I mean, he has, but he's got like a 700, 600 obp through like a week, nine games in AAA. And I should have I double, triple checked that before I came in. But um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where he has, uh, maybe he'll slump again, but I really like for an org to be paying close attention and just wave this guy on through. Like if a guy goes to AAA after dominating Double A and just absolutely dominates AAA for a week and a half, I'd really like for them to just wave him on through after the futures came and, um, to, to backtrack to, to Cabrera I was thinking as you're talking like right away as you're talking like this guy here's a dude like and then you really Mike really described well I think that's a guy to go pick up right now and I do think they're just going to wave him on through to low a pretty quick here um but we had been talking earlier about this situation with with Keith and Justin Henry Malloy and they've got Akil Badu coming off the IL and Riley Green coming off the IL and Green just went five for five and they're going to want them right back in the lineup. But the Tigers are playing Jonathan Shoup at third base today and he's kind of cooked mm. and nobody, nobody seems to really be a good fit to win the AL Central this year, so... With Scoobyl and Eduardo Rodriguez coming back, I don't know. It just feels like the stars are sort of aligning for the Tigers, like the Reds earlier, to just realize it might be their turn and go ahead and make a push. And I'm, I don't know. It's 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 that time of year where you're like kind of looking at an organization and wondering what they're thinking. <laughs> like, why are you not promoting this guy? You don't want to win the division. But anyway, that sort of feels like where we're at with you.
0: Hopefully he gets the call. As you're right, there's no good reason he's not up at this point. And they do have the young talent that's coming up. And uh, the vision is wide open for the taking, like you said. So hopefully Cole Keith will see him in the bigs uh, coming next week. And uh, that would yeah, be great just to see him be able to finally see, be tested by some competition because recently that has not been the case for him. All right. This might be the name of the show, Vinny. Is it Aaron Skunk or Aaron Shunk? Of the Colorado Rockies in Triple A this season, he's got twelve home runs, a three twenty eight batting average, a twenty four point seven percent K rate, two forty four ISO. Rockies, we know Rockies and young players, uh, so that mix is a turnoff in itself, but definitely not uh, definitely deserves the call with his numbers right now. And um, again, the Rockies not contending, but they could look at some young talent and see what they have here.
2: Yes, it is Aaron Shunk. Shunk. Yes. He was a second-round pick back in 2019. Uh, He had a lot of hype going into the 2021 season, 2020 post-COVID. I remember James Anderson was very high on him. Uh, He just came out and struggled. Last year picked it up. He he had a solid uh, year last year, kept above a uh, 250 average, slashed pretty good. K's have always been a problem with him, so this year it's actually down. He's down to a 24 instead of a 30% K rate. Uh, he's averaged around seven, a seven percent uh, walk rate, which is pretty crazy. Because if you go and look at his numbers, he's always had he's either had a 7.3 walk rate or a 7.2, which I love the consistency. You have something going for you if you can keep a seven point, you know. A seven percent walk rate through the through the minors, but no, you know, uh, if we look at the Rockies right now, you have Ellie Hurst Montero, their third baseman, who's batting one ninety seven. You have Alan Trio, who's batting sub two forty. Shunk isn't on the forty man, but he's really really destroying Triple A right now, like to a point where I had to double I had to double check the numbers. because I didn't think they were right, especially after what. I previously had in my mind about chunk. but yeah, his we're talking about a 328 average, 375 OBP, 571 slug. The wOBA's up. The power is actually looking pretty solid too. We're looking at 12 uh, 12 bombs right now through, you know, almost 260 plate appearances. Like there's sneaky pop in there. He you know he's probably he's probably uh, a plug and play guy. Maybe. Uh, a utility man at the next level, but I wouldn't be surprised if he came up this year and did some damage because his contact rates are very good. He spreads the ball a lot. The BABIP the Babbip is showing that he probably shouldn't even be in AAA. He probably shouldn't have been. He probably shouldn't have been in AAA since you know late May. So maybe maybe the Rockies make a move here at the deadline, or maybe someone gets hurt and then they we see. Aaron Chunk here pretty soon.
0: That would be nice, but we'll see if Rockies will continue to Rocky or not.
3: Yeah.
0: Let's go to our last player of the night. Oswald Peraza of the New York Yankees. Definitely seen that name before. Also at the big league level. Um, he's multi-position eligible can play pretty much any position in the infield almost. And, uh, and A, 12 home runs, 28 RBIs, 11 steals, a 281 batting average, 17.3% K rate to 8.4% walk rate. And Mike, again, we talked about the Yankees and needing for offense, and you kind of hinted there was another guy you were going to get to tonight.
1: Yeah, this situation has been pretty high profile. I'm not sure it would garner as much attention if he was like playing for Minnesota, but the struggles of Anthony Volpe this year has led to several calls for Peraza to get promoted. And- all fairness, Volpe has started showing signs of improvement, but I think Peraza's earned the call-up. It doesn't have to be at the expense of Volpe. There are plenty of players in that Yankees lineup that aren't playing well enough to keep an everyday job, and Peraza's capable of playing all over the infield, like you said. Before I get too deep in this, let's you know let's break down the the player. So my interest in Peraza dates back a while. Coming into this year's draft season and redraft, I believed he would make the team and remain with the club. He obviously got off to a slow start and was sent down, but. I figured he'd be given another chance once he was a standout in AAA, and that hasn't happened yet. And I can't quite put my finger on it. He's listed with a fringe average hit tool, average power, and plus speed. His ability to make fairly consistent contact leads me to believe that his hit tool is underrated. It was a small sample size, but he didn't look overmatched at all in his brief time in the majors last year. He has shown flashes of tapping into power too, but his max exit velo in AAA last year suggests average power is fair. He was also 35 of 40 in stolen bases with a 90th percentile in sprint speed. So I do agree that he's a real threat on the bases, and and that's likely his most appealing aspect for fantasy. The reason I decided to bring up Praza today is he just recently returned from an eight-day absence from the lineup, and he's playing well again. Like I, I have no clue if this will lead to a quick promotion, but I think he would be up in a lot of other organizations. Like I can't tell if the Yankees just don't like Praza, or they just legitimately think he needs to improve something to minors. But I've noticed Praza being dropped in a lot of redraft formats as well, so my timing on this could be a little bit out of whack, but if you need a middle infielder with speed, there are much worse stashes at this point. Long-term, his appeal will be tied to how much power he develops, his spot in the lineup, and which positions he ends up playing. I mean, Praza's future is ultimately still up in the air, mainly because the Yankees don't seem interested in giving him a full look yet. But down the road, some team in the majors is going to value Praza as a starter, and I think he'll put up useful like, roto stats when that happens. He He may even end up near the top of the lineup, and I feel... I feel he's underrated. He just hasn't been given the time to get it to where he needs to. But the Yankees can't keep rolling out four or five aging vets with an OPS below 700. Like I see Praza up by the trade deadline, possibly in another organization. I mean, look at someone like Ezekiel Duran with Texas. That, that's a former infield prospect in the Yankees organization. And he wasn't as highly regarded as Praza. So Praza could absolutely have value if given a legit chance.
0: Then the big key there is the chance and we're waiting for that right now. There just doesn't seem like there's a spot for him with Volpe producing, but whether the Yankees make a move for a pitcher, or, you know, injuries happen, Peraza we're hoping gets the shot at the big leagues at some point this season, but that's going to wrap us up here. Nick, thanks again for joining the show tonight. Really appreciate you giving us your time. Please again, plug where people can find you online on Twitter and then also where they can find your work.
3: Thanks again for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm at the Prospect Itch on Twitter, and I'm at the Itch on Razball. Usually, Prospect News colon hopefully some kind of pun that doesn't make you gag.
0: <laughs> the really the, uh, the itch that you got to scratch. That pro- I I I love the name. I can't believe I hadn't looked seen that until tonight. I gotta That's give donkey, donkey Teeth credit for the name, and there's I gotta give don- Donkey
3: Teeth. You know, the yeah. people who walked before me. <laughs> this
0: road, you know. Oh man! So, well, shout yeah. out Donkey Teeth, and and Nick thinks. Thanks again so much for, for joining the show tonight and thank you Vinny and Michael for again, for bringing again another great week of knowledge and thank you guys, the listeners and the viewers for tuning in each week. Reminder supports us. If you guys like the video and subscribe to the channel and let us know if there's any prospects you have questions about, cause we'll bring them up in a future video. If you're on the prospect side or the, uh, should say the podcast side of things, please make sure you guys leave a five-star rating and review and then tell the guys how great of a job they're doing. Uh, It's always appreciated. But for Nick, for Vinny, for Mike, I'm David. We'll catch you guys next week on the call-up.